You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hog of Liberty Podcast. This is episode number 190 of East Centralia's favorite, biggest, largest, and best podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Today I'm joined by producer Zach Bertram and co-host Dakota Davis. Today's episode features Mr. Justin Kelly, who has been on the show a couple times before. The last time was episode number 145. You might recognize Justin from the Juice in the Morning podcast, maybe from his Juice uh, stint as a stand-up comedian, and also as the producer from the Highly Inappropriate Entertainment uh, podcast, or just (laughs) entertainment as a whole. The network, yeah. Uh, we're going to be talking to Justin about everything that he's doing in his life right now. We're going to be talking about uh, President Trump being deplatformed and then impeached for the second time. Something historical has happened in the year 2021. Uh, we have some thoughts about it, so make sure you stick around to the end. This is a show about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh. But hopefully you will always learn something new. Now, Justin has a heart out today of 7.30. So we're running out of order. So I'm going to do the Patreon thank yous as fast as I possibly can. (laughs) You can time me to see how how good I am. Patreon.com slash Boss Hog Liberty. That's where you can go to sign up and support the show every month. And that is how we pay the bills around this place. You can sign up at less than $5 a month. Or, you know, we always encourage more. The folks that contribute $50 or more a month, they get a shout-out at the front of each and every episode. Those folks are Mr. Chris Lamb, Christy Avery, Jonathan Phillips from uh, Andy Moore, Buick, GMC, and Fishers. Make sure you tell them that the Boss Hog Liberty sent you. We all buy and our then cars there. American hero Anthony Meyer. Anthony Meyer has a GoFundMe uh, going on right now. Anthony is a truck driver who is keeping the country running in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, and he is trying to take his operation independent. We're going to put a link to Anthony Meyer's GoFundMe page in the Boss Hog Liberty comment section on the live stream video. So if you're listening to the audio, make sure you head over to our page and click on that to donate. He is a, like I said, he's an American hero. Uh, we also have T-Chip stores. That is where you can get your Boss Hog Liberty merchandise, uh, t slash B-H-O-L-1-2-3-4 or mug. You got it out. Woo! You got it out. Did you remember to take impressive. a breath? I don't know. I could be, uh, I, I want to be on like a, uh, on one of those lawyer commercials where it's like, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Justin might remember it. You're not going to Dakota, but there used to be the micro machines guy on Saturday mornings that would talk at a thousand miles. An oh hour. yeah. Zach will definitely remember the guy. I vaguely do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he was, he was the world's fastest talker. <laughs> I think they sped it up in post. So <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't count for anything. <laughs> Uh, are, so what's, I think are, are all auctioneers just out of work right now? Is there not never going to be a market for fast talkers since all the auctions are dead? I'm pretty sure Nightstown's still selling stuff Saturday are mornings. They? I would I imagine. I was just thinking of like Earl's auction. I lost an auction the other day on eBay. So yeah. What, were you, what were you trying to get? I have a, one of the North Face Denali jackets mm-hmm. that I've had for like five years. 
and my wife is refusing to continue to patch it. The pockets are just threadbare and gone. And they don't make it anymore. So I found the one in my size in existence that I wanted. So I spent a week bidding on it. And I, uh, I came to my... Uh, I came to my price ceiling and it wasn't enough. Yeah, I was that's on the dedication uh, right there. Yes. I was on gunbroker.com the other day and <laughs> there was a, I, I can't remember who makes it. It might be FN or it might be Kimber. I don't remember. It's a bullpup 12 gauge shotgun. So it looks like a, I don't know if you've seen the Queens Guard in England, but they carry bullpup style mm-hmm. rifles. It's where the magazine is by the stock. Yep. And so I'm like, wow, that's awesome. And there's one day left in the auction. And it's set $270. Oh, shit. Yeah. And it's got, it, it includes a seven round magazine. So Does it include freight from England. Uh, it was like $30 shipping. So it wasn't that bad. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. There's one day left. So I put in the way gunbroker.com works is it automatically goes in $5 increments, but you put in your max bid beforehand. Right. And so then no one else knows what the current max is on the highest bid. You're explaining so, eBay to us. Okay. Which is well, I didn't know. I mean, this is enthralling no. to me because I have never bid on anything maybe, ever. Maybe, yeah, see, some people don't know. <laughs> right, that's fine. So, so I was but, like. But some of us have been doing this since before you were born. But it's, it's yeah. This is Please like a, continue. This is like a $900 shotgun. Right. So I was like, okay, my bid is going to be $450. Mm-hmm. I'll pay up to half price. Right. And I'm, Plus free. I'm like, this is Tax awesome. license. The, the time keeps going. I keep watching it all day. No, I'm still the winning bidder. I'm like, this is actually going to happen. Like, I'm thinking I'm going to have to call VRA to make sure that they can get it shipped to them. And then uh, I went to bed because it was late. And then I woke up to an email saying that I had been outbid at the very last minute. And I was upset. I went to see what the highest bid was. It's like $815. So it wasn't that. I didn't lose out on much. Yeah. That's like losing your uh, gambling bet when you go to bed and you wake up the next day and you're down 20 bucks because you put it on somebody that you didn't think think would be able to come out on time. See, I don't do that. You still doing the sports betting? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a a problem. You can look at your... um, your statistics mm-hmm. and how much you've put into the app and how much you've won from yeah. FanDuel. And I'm negative like 200, but I've won a lot. I'm up like 1500. <laughs> That's very I've been good. doing, I've been, it's been excellent. You need to send us some bets, man. Yeah. I, I won. Uh, itching I, to put one in tonight and I just didn't do it. My boy, Sean Rao hooked me up with some, uh, with some hockey bets last night. Our, our defense attorney, the hockey expert. He, uh, he said, bet against my Blackhawks. They suck. Cause there was a promo <laughs> $25 bet. And then a, uh, and then a, a, a free ten dollar bet after that. He said, "Take the points and bet and take the money line as well." So I did one, one, one with the other. Nice. Took Tampa. They won five nothing. I was I was a thirty five dollar air. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and I I can't remember uh, if it was FanDuel. One of the gambling sites had a hundred dollar free bet for your first bet. Oh my god, and DraftKings! I can get you a hundred dollars right now. Oh yeah. And I was like, I was thinking like, um, or no, 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 no. It was a bump to a hundred to one odds. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I should like text Jeremiah and be like, what is the most surefire bet to happen? <laughs> and then be like a thousand dollars. I put, well, that's risky. I, I had a free hundred dollar bet over the NFL weekend and I was going to pick the running back for the Rams. And I said, and then Mason talked me out of it as we're watching the playoff game. He said, no, Robert Woods, mm-hmm. 55 touchdowns to score a touchdown. 55 minutes into the game, Robert Woods finally scored his touchdown. So my $190 bet won me, brought me home 190 bucks. Nice. So I was very happy. That was, that was a big one. It's, I'd be really happy if I came out 
with $9,000 more than I put in. (laughs) It's really crazy to get sucked into the gambling stuff because, you know, I I take gambling as a point of pride because I don't like losing. I'm very competitive. So like we started doing a monthly poker night with me and my friends and I've had to buy in twice, uh, two different times just, and nobody else has ever bought back in except for me because they're like, Justin, if you would just fold, you'd win, like you'd end up keeping money and you could win other hands. But I'm like, man, when somebody's going at me and I feel like I've got it, (laughs) like I'm just going to keep going. And then I also take the risky play where I'm like, I'm waiting for that last card. Cause I'm like, if if I get that last card, then I'm going to win this for sure. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, I'm just, I'm, I'm the person that they do the PSAs about when it comes to gambling, (laughs) except for I haven't gotten to like the losing my house and losing like my whole life, that kind of thing, because I'm at least, I have a wife that like stops me from gambling more. (laughs) So this is, this is, if it wasn't for her, there'd be zero self. The bottom of my degeneracy this week, and I'll, and I'll, we'll move on to talking about Justin, but I, (laughs) I, I got so annoyed. There was a, apparently I did a little bit of gambling over the weekend in DraftKings and they have, they assign a mission. They gamify everything. Yes. So it was, make at least two $5 parlays, which is where you pick two games or three games or whatever. And the odds have to reach a certain thing plus 200. So $5 would turn into 10 bucks, $15 yep. comes back to you, whatever. So I, I didn't read the fine print the first time I threw one in. It was okay. Alabama and green Bay to win. They both won, but then I didn't get my free bet because <sighs> I screwed it up. All right, fine. So then I went ahead and made another one, picked five college basketball teams. And it was like plus two Oh seven. Mm-hmm. And then one of the games got canceled because of COVID. So it dropped my number <laughs> back below. And then I lost because I bet against Ball State and Ball State had a comeback. Oh, yeah. So that was my, or they, they had a surprise at Bowling Green. They won by like 20 points in the game they shouldn't have won. Uh, that's why I was noticing Ball State's score and posting oh, yeah. about it on Facebook. So then, but I, then when I realized that they'd canceled the game, I went ahead and said, okay, one more run at it. Mm-hmm. I went ahead, jumped in, bet on four teams. They all, they had all won, but then I was up late worrying about, uh, Grambling State <laughs> oh my and God. Grambling and uh, and whatever school that uh, the late Steve McNair went to. Uh, God, I, I, had, I was looking at it at the time. And was I it was, Marshall? No. no, no, no. It was another Louisiana Southern school. Uh, but yeah, it was literally like nobody. It wasn't on any website. It was historically black colleges yep. playing basketball in front of 42 people. Yep, that was- uh, but I did win and I won my money. Nice. So I was happy. I got it. It all worked out. Yeah. That was my mid-pandemic. I was betting on Australian rules football that was being played at like 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, the Korean baseball. Uh, so, Justin, the, the last time you were on, we talked about a comedy show that was coming to Newcastle at the mm-hmm. OYO Inn, which yep. I don't know if you noticed on your way in, it's, there's no longer an OYO. Alcorn yep. State is my, yeah, that was the, that was the school. <laughs> What's, Al, what is Alcorn it State. Now? The OYO is uh, the rain tree now. Yeah, it's, it's back it's to back the rain tree. Yeah, but they kept one of the O's in the sign from the OYO. So it's this deformed, the, the, the legacy of the OYO is still going to be there. I do want to give you guys, you know, a shout out for that because you guys came out and you brought a crowd and then the crowd got way bigger than I ever expected for that event. It was standing room only, man. Yeah, it was a, it was a fantastic event. We I probably would, had 20, 25 people there in our little group. Yeah. And I would sure. say that was like the pinnacle of my stand up comedy run. And I only had like a year <laughs> into stand up comedy. So it was a, it was a fantastic time. And I want to thank you guys again for doing that because that was, that was amazing. It, it made me feel like I 
was a little bit successful, even if I wasn't the best stand-up comedian of all time. You, you were very successful, and then a funny. pandemic happened, and the world ended. Yeah, but you, yeah, you that just, was great. That was the end of the run, right yeah, there. Exactly. That was like a week before we we crashed. Yeah. And burned. Are, are you still doing stand-up then? So I'm still writing. Um, I'm not doing stand-up currently. With the pandemic, it, there was like almost a shutdown of almost all open mics. There were still a bunch of outdoor ones during the spring and summer. Um, but for the most part, the ones that I would go to were shut down. And then also just to be a hundred percent straightforward with you and the listeners, um, I kind of started to realize that the stand-up comedy and the open mics throughout the week was putting myself at risk because I was drinking a lot at those things and then driving home. And then also, you know, the wife going through being pregnant and all that stuff. Like it just started to put a really big strain on us. So then I just basically, I told Jen, I was like, I'm not going to do anymore until we are comfortable with our new little one here long enough that, you know, I can step out and do like an open mic on a Wednesday or a Friday or something like that. And, um, you know, Which still, that, that really doesn't happen for like nine or 10 months. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I mean, even like, it's, it's crazy how I know that we kind of talked about, you know, the fact that a baby was coming or there was a lot of work that we were putting into to try to get this baby here the last time I was here. And now that she's here, it's like a life changing moment that this, that stuff, like, I'm not that worried about it. Like I love the writing and I'm still writing jokes and still like thinking about those, but I'm, I'm trying to push like other friends of mine into it. A year and a half ago, your goal was, I want to be famous, right? right. That was what you were saying on juice. Yep. It was that, that was what you wanted to do. Yep. And, and now, now you changed. want to be dad. Yeah, I want to be, I, I love being a dad. I mean, my baby Elliot is fantastic. She's a giant baby. Um, she was nine pounds, 16 ounces when she was born. Um, is, and, isn't that 10 pounds? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> nine <laughs> pounds, 15 ounces then? It was, it was, yeah. it was close. Sorry. I, I, I was off on the I'm numbers. Checked, I, I normally work in, uh, in, in, uh, Weights and measures. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, but not in ounces. I normally work yeah. in, in pounds and tons. So yeah. I was like, ah, I think. But she's, I think that's, but like I said, she's fantastic. Um, she's just growing so fast. It's like, it's all the cliches. Like, the cliches are cliches because... Because they're, they're real. Because they're real. Yeah. They have, like, I mean, you literally get home and you're like, man, it feels like you grew today. Like, you look different today than you did when, when I left this morning. So, um, yeah, that was, I mean, but comedy's kind of just on a hold, like... Stand-up comedy, I'm not that I'm not that motivated uh to get up on stage. I'm really more trying to write and help maybe other people that are interested in getting on stage and like maybe trying to push them to do it. There's a couple of things, there's something that's really cool. They're doing a challenge open mic now where you get a subject and then you're supposed to go up for I've three to five those. minutes yeah, I've heard and riff on that subject, which I would be willing, I think, mm. to go do just because three to five minutes. I think that would help even podcasting and just that's, like your comedic timing. speaking, but yeah. you're expected to be funny. Right. <laughs> and then if you are, if you get voted as the best, then you get like a, I think a seven to 10 minute uh, feature as the closer of that event, the next event. Huh. So awesome. that's something that I'm interested in. I'm trying to push the uh, guys from highly inappropriate to do it because both of them have mentioned doing stand up comedy. And I think both of them could do it because they're funny in person. Yeah. Um, so are they going to give you a topic? Yeah, and like, so you pull it out it. of a hat, yeah. and then you have to go on that top. And here we are on weather. Exactly. So speaking of those guys, Matt Wharton, who is one of the highly inappropriate guys, he came on, it was episode number 128, we're at 190 now, yeah. so it, it's been a while, but whenever he was on, this was before the days of HI Entertainment, mm -hmm. you jumped over there 
Um, you're you're still doing the Juice in the Morning podcast, but you jumped over to the producer's chair on the Highly Inappropriate show. Why why go from hosting your own show to doing what Zach does? Right. Uh, <laughs> Zach is the ultimate utility player, and I don't think we appreciate him enough. The the main thing was it's giving me a lot more credit than I'm due. Over here. <laughs> the main thing was Juice of the Morning was super fun. I had a bunch of different co-hosts, a bunch of different guests. That was uh, you know a lot of fun to have. I actually thought that I was going to completely end it, and then I ended it. And then there was like two weeks went by, and I yeah, was like, I man, that. I really yeah. want to get back on there and talk. So um, I like the host aspect and kind of what juice in the morning is transitioning to is more of a hobby type thing. So it's going to be um, like, for example, I just posted Netflix is coming out with 70 movies in 2021. My plan is to, they're supposed to release at least one a week for the entire year. So my plan is to watch every one watch once a every week. every horrible movie. Yes. And I will do the due diligence for the <laughs> listeners and the people that pay attention to tell you whether or not I think something's worth watching. Nine of them are probably Adam Sandler movies. Well, yes, exactly. <laughs> but they did on their preview. They did have one with, uh, why can't I think of his name right now? He's like, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was yes. like the last one. So I and think then, they're going to be pretty hit and then, nice, but I think over half of them will be good. Then the outside the wire this week, I think is going to be good too with Anthony Mackie, I believe is his name, um, from the Avengers movies. A lot of movies are coming straight to streaming because yes. theaters have been closed. So I know I watched the Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, Borat yep. too? Uh, no. Well, that too. Borat no, too. No, awesome. on Netflix is the, uh, the, the Chicago seven. Oh, okay. It's a trial uh, procedural. It's an Aaron yeah. Sorkin movie. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So if you watch the, uh, the social network and, you know, but the other reason too, that I wanted to get into something with somebody else with highly inappropriate was, um, you know, no offense to anybody that's ever been a part of juice in the morning. He's talking about us, but I'm going to yeah. say that there was a lot of passion in the beginning, like right when they join and then it kind of like, Peter's out and then oh, it's kind no, of like, he's not talking about it. No, it's kind of, it's kind of like <laughs> episode uh, 190 bitches. <laughs> it's kind of like, uh, you know, they lose that passion for it or other stuff comes up in life and that kind of thing. So I, I understand that, but I wanted to be on a team that is really motivated and wants to grow something and make it bigger than what it is. And I feel like I have a lot of outside skills from running my own show that I can bring to them. Like with, editing, putting together videos, um, putting together memes, just like using Photoshop. Like I'm very rudimentary with yeah, I've Photoshop. How much more their page has like the activity. You are, you are the king of social media. You I, are the I try king. to be, you do yeah. encourage interaction. Yeah. I told my broken leg story. I don't know if it's going to come up in your, in your big contest that's or this not. Show. Yeah. yeah that's, that's tonight. Yeah. So you gotta let me know if I won. I will definitely if do I need that. to slip you 10 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, I, I think there's a prize. I yep. can buy my way into winning. Yeah, exactly. I would hope. If, you, if, even if you're not a I mean, it's a podcast, $25 prize. Yeah, so, 10 bucks I mean, for me. Now, you, everybody, yeah. Are you guys on Parlor yet? So Matt is a, <laughs> Matt is actually, so that's the other thing that I wanted to throw in there because I love Highly Inappropriate. I love Matt. I love Chris. I love everybody that's part of it. Beaver, all those guys are great. But I do want to say, if there's ever controversial subjects, their ideas do not necessarily represent my own. So I'm going yeah. to say that because <laughs> I do agree with them on a lot of stuff, but no, for the parlor thing, Matt was actually like, he was like, it's a new medium. We need to try to be on it because Matt has like, like I said, Matt is an extremely driven individual and I'm very uh, proud to be a part of their show because we literally sat down and did like an hour long meeting on zoom where we mapped out this year and how we're going to do it. And parlor was one of those mediums, but now Lo and yeah, it's behold, gone. it's gone. So yeah. 
I mean, it's still there. You can access it from your what? No, your, it's your gone home completely. computer. You can't even so, get oh, on it there. Uh, it was d- taken out of the app store, I think, on Friday. Yep. Uh, so Google and a- Apple both removed it. And then Sunday night, Amazon Web Services said we are no longer supporting Parler. Mm-hmm. So if That's you right. go, if, if you, you try to go to the website, it's gone. DuckDuckGo, and you look up <laughs> parlor.com, then uh, it says web page not available. Wow. I so, uh, so I sideloaded the app in my phone. So it, it'll it. show up in your search results. It'll say yeah. Parler, the free speech social network, and it, the address is parlor.com. Uh, blank. Does that, does that, I mean, I know this is like off the subject of what we were talking about, but. Does that ready to be the same? Does that worry you guys at all with that kind of censorship? Like that something can be completely removed. We're going to talk about it on highly inappropriate too today. It's like it's a hot topic. Here's here's one thing. I'm I'm not necessarily worried about it. I'm not sure that our show is big enough. We get what we don't violate the terms of service. We're okay. And well, uh, as of now, here's a. But I know Chris Spangle, who runs the We're Libertarians Network that we are a part of. He is worried about it, mm-hmm. and he has done. He has spent a lot of time, a lot of effort, and energy, and money into making sure that if that day comes, he's prepared for it. Which is like lots of ammo. Making sure that um, folks have signed up through email, things that you control. Yeah. You're not necessarily yep. uh, dependent subscriber upon list. Facebook. Making sure that things are put directly on his website. Mm-hmm. Uh, making sure that there's multiple different domain names for the website. Uh, Basically, just a bunch of different avenues that people can get the content if he is ever shut down right. on social media, which it could happen. But also, our good friend Steve Horwitz, who's been on the show before, had a really good post the other day saying, like, there's been a lot of people removed from Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, what have you. And it seems like the, like, there's, I haven't been shown anything that says this person was kicked off of Twitter just because they put Trump 2020, right? right? Like it's because they have all gone against the terms of service. Mm. Now say what you will, those terms of service, they might not, they might not be applied equally across the board. Right. Highly inappropriate was banned from Facebook twice. So, so so if you've had, if you have an issue and you got mad and this is what I, I put out there a few days ago when it, when it was hot, you're mad at Facebook, you're mad at Google, you're mad at Twitter, you're mad at Apple, sell the stock, right? Get rid of the app, don't use it, sell the stock, boycott them. Deal deal with it through the market. Send a market signal. I think that Parler has a very real case against Amazon Web Services for them saying the hell with you and we're getting rid of holding your hosting your website. Um but that's a private that's a private matter between mm-hmm. Amazon and Parler. Right. And Parler's attorneys they, they have a contract. I work in this every day. I sell material to contractors. So I have a multiple page contract that says, Hey, if this happens, is that we deal with it? this happens? Is that we deal with it? There's a contract, which gives them a roadmap to, to settle disputes and they can end up in arbitration. They can't one side generally doesn't have the ability to just say the hell with it. I'm not providing a service. So most likely parlor, unless they truly were in violation of the contract because they were allowing activities that Amazon had said cannot be hosted there which is very possible from some uh, of the stuff i've seen from pa- parlor yeah but parlor has, is just a host right Par- parlor is they're not, not responsible for the users correct potentially and and if if amazon doesn't have in their contract language with parlor that you're responsible for moderating and editorializing everybody that's on your platform then parlor has a very legitimate case and can and has cause to sue amazon 
and to to get compensation, to get reinstated or to get financial compensation. The thing that I have the most worry for is not even the whole legal ramifications and things like that. It's more the social ramifications, the fact that so many people can get pissed off about something that they can kind of push the narrative to get people deplatformed or fired or just like gotten rid of. And I think that that's the reason that I think that's dangerous is the fact that when you argue with people, a for radio and internet, it sells because mm-hmm. it's funny or people like to watch it. That kind of thing. People, Nuance doesn't get clicks. People right? do enjoy the I, discourse, but then at the same time, if you're getting rid of people's voices that you disagree with, then that makes the content in the world less, I guess, consumable in my opinion. Because if everybody agrees with everybody, then what's there to pay attention to? Like, right. what, what do you enjoy? Uh, and and there was a study that came out. Uh, I think it was actually like a year and a half ago. So, I mean, I'm sure it's even more so now. But it was talking about conservatives voicing their opinions in the workplace. So this actually focused on Republicans, not conservative as as a blanket statement. But it was over half. I think I believe it was 60-something percent. But I would just say over half of Republicans said that they were uh, afraid to voice their opinions in the workplace for fear of being uh, terminated. Yeah. Of disciplinary action. Okay. Yeah. But when it came to Democrats, it was something like 18%. Depends upon what kind of Republican ideas you have. You just have to, if you were, if you had Republican ideas about last Wednesday, uh, right. That's called inciting a riot and you probably like should be said, working this there. Is a year and a half ago. So maybe but maybe you're a Republican that happens to be very religious and you and you don't agree with gay marriage. Oh. Should you a, should you get fired because of that? I bet it depends on your employer too, in terms of like in a, I bet in some rural areas there's a guy who probably has democratic ideas and he's not gonna bring those up to his employer. Because yeah, his employer he's one, he's one is of ten. a small or, yeah, business. But or, if no. you work for a large corporation, then uh, your conservative views aren't going to be tolerated very well. Your company doesn't have to give a damn about your views. You're, you're there to produce for that company and do right. your job. I've got two things for this. Number one, uh, company-wide, we got an email sent to us because we have TVs in our lobbies so that people have entertainment while they're waiting for their service. Um it was a company-wide email sent out that said to turn off the TV or turn it to a channel that is not showing the capital, uh, the stuff at the Capitol, and then also the uh, debates about the impeachment thing going on. I think it was a couple days ago. Um, so you just got House Hunters on now or something? Yeah, turn, or Friends. <laughs> cooking, cooking I turn shows. it to Friends because <laughs> I enjoy Friends if I'm working in the front office. But no, uh, so that's one thing that I thought was interesting that I thought you guys might be able to like dive into. And then the second thing is um, at work, I feel like I do my best to not ever get into those conversations. There's yeah. no, to me, there's no point for it. And every now and then we'll start to kind of creep into them and it's kind of more like, ah, well, all of them are stupid. So then I just like kind of move on and like do my own thing. Yeah. I generally try to change the subject mm-hmm. as soon as possible or, or make, or, I know my coworkers and I'll change it to a subject that I know for a hundred percent fact we agree on. Yeah. People know me from this podcast. So yeah. it always, it comes back to politics. Right. I, if I don't want to talk about it, I still, they so, drag me back into it and ask my opinion. So then, I mean, Jeremiah's got to be, you know, preparing himself almost like a stand-up comedian where every time somebody's like, you know, tell me a joke. 
they're always probably yeah. coming at you about oh, yeah. your beliefs and like the I, things that you think about. I'm doing show prep all week, just that's, talking that's, to people. That's impressive. It's, I mean, it's just constant. It's got to be a little bit of stress. This this week, Sarah was <laughs> my wife, my lovely wife, the wonderful Sarah Potter Morrill, uh, was about tired of watching the news. I, I was like, no, I, this is like we're impeaching the president this week. I kind of have to. I kind of have to do my homework. It's gonna come up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean. We've got just a little bit of time. I just wanted to, I know you guys are going to do a whole show, but just once again, I just want to shout out those guys with uh, Highly Inappropriate. Shout out you guys for letting me come on. I know it's a brief little time. I would love to sit and talk to you guys because I feel like I learn something every time I'm on this podcast. Um, And you guys have a beautiful studio. So like I said, um, shout out to Highly Inappropriate. Follow them. They're on. Um, I'm telling them they're going to have to start pushing their time because uh, the Boss Hog of Liberty is the most popular East Central Indiana podcast, but no, I I appreciate you guys having me on. Well, they can they can claim Donut County. They're Shelby County, right? Exactly. So they can claim you know the number one Donut County podcast. There you go. <laughs> we can we can find a place. No, I like I said, I appreciate it takes you guys. all kinds of kinds. Yeah, I, <laughs> I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, another thing that we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing the Polar Plunge. So there's going to be a link out there that you. Where's that at? Um, do you need my swimming pool? We're going to do the one in Greenwood <laughs> um, because it's the most central, I guess, for everybody. That's too far for me. Yeah, um, but if you, we got to get to I think three hundred seventy-five dollars per team. So we're we're just kind of saying if you want to donate, go ahead. And if you can't donate or you don't have the money, because I know the pandemic's been hard on everybody, just share it so that other people can see the link. And if they do have the means to be able to do it then they'll be able to jump on there. Um, it's going to be good. We're going to make some good content. I've got a video camera now, or I, I've got a DSLR camera, kind of like what you guys have over there. And um, I'm going to make some video of it. We're, I don't know what we're going to wear, but it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's supposed Body to be, paint. it's going to be uh, speedos, but I'm just thinking how cold whatever, it is. Like I, I told, I told the rest of the, gonna be shrinkage. Yeah. I, tell, I told the rest of the podcast, I'm stuffing at least two gym socks in there just to make sure that whenever you leave here or, or right now, I want you to look up Luke Stoltman on Instagram and he's a competitor in world's strongest man. And he lives somewhere in an Eastern European country. And he's constantly posting pictures and videos of him swimming in the frozen lake outside of his okay. house. So you can do it. We'll pull that up. There's some insane photos of guys that get in, uh, you know, underneath the ice, the, the frozen lake, the ice man, and they'll have two it's holes to be and they'll swing too. They'll swim from one to the other. Wim Hof. Yeah. The Wim Hof. <sighs> I'm yeah. sad that I'm going to miss the, pizza, the pickle pizza too. Uh, there is a, yeah. a very pungent you, odor. Wait, open it up and look at it. Uh, I will. Just take a look there at it. There is a pungent can, odor. With it that smells thing. so strong. <laughs> Zach came in and he was complaining about the pickle smell. And I'm like, what pickle smell? And then I finally got it. I'm like, oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. You sit there. It feels like you stuck your nose in the pickle jar. Like you're like taking a whiff of it. But once again, thanks, guys, seriously, for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, Uh, hopefully we can repay the favor and and hang out with you over at Yeah, we'll do a real show um, soon to where I can stay with you guys the whole time because, like I said, I'm excited about all these topics. So I am going to look forward to listening to the show tomorrow. Live stream it from the car. Yep. See you guys. (laughs) We love you. Enjoy. Zach, if you want to swing back over, you can uh, you can jump on the show. We'll uh, we'll we will permit it. You make, just have to speak at uh, yeah. Make sure you sit Jesus in this level. chair though. What? Make sure you sit and, we'll, and do a chair. flying lead change and have you uh, have you yeah. jump in. I'm that. <laughs> all right, so let's talk about this deplatforming thing for a second. We talked about uh, basically parlor and all that stuff. Generally, we think it's a bad move. Yeah. Well, I so I said that people need to vote with their wallets, and if they're really mad. Then go somewhere else, do something else, deal with it differently. And I, I did a little, uh, a little check in today. Facebook and Twitter have lost fifty one billion dollars in their value in the last week. Good, 
Actually, that's Facebook, not good. Facebook, I, you own. Yeah, I, I, own, I own. I own some of each. Yeah. <laughs> I own Twitter. I, I don't own Google. Uh, I own them in my uh, in some mutual funds. Uh, Facebook is down eight percent on the year. Twitter's down twelve percent on the year. You in on them ATFs or ETFs? Oh yeah, I got an ETF. Hmm. An ETF. I got the mutual funds. Got them all. Um, so Facebook has lost forty seven point six billion dollars this week. Wow. Forty seven point six billion. Twitter's lost three and a half billion, which also would suck. But Facebook has literally lost more in their value than Twitter is worth at all. At well, all. Because Facebook. So Twitter threw Trump, Trump off. They were the ones that started it. And then the entire value of Twitter got it raised well, off of Facebook's yeah, value. What, what kind of happened was Twitter said we're going to be suspending because Trump is so active on Twitter. It's really the only page he's active on. Uh, basically, he has staffers that control his Facebook page. But if you want unadulterated Donald Trump, then you went to Twitter. Yes, you and, used to. He yeah. was the one person that it, it notified me. Whenever he tweeted, it was always my, yeah. not, not a push notification, but it would alert me. So what I happened? I could go back and just see Trump's tweets. On, on, on the 6th was whenever the insurrection happened at the Capitol. Trump had made, Trump made a few tweets talking about it where he's like, you know, support the Capitol Police or whatever. And then he made that video where he was like, we love you. Go home peacefully. And then uh, Twitter was like, mm-mm, uh, deleting these and deleted those. And then Trump made, uh, crap, I can't think of the of the specific tweet he made where it really threw him off. Do you remember? No, I can't. Uh, I try not to check his Twitter. I try not to give him, like, <laughs> you didn't want to give him the eyeballs. Oh, my God. No. Some of his stuff is legitimately funny. Like, like comedian level funny, like uh, ridiculous. So it's hilarious. Like, I, I don't know. I think that, I think that Trump could have been, I think that's why he's famous because he's got this over the top personality. He doesn't care about basically anything. So he just, because he's been rich his entire life. So he just says whatever he, whatever comes to his mind. There's no filter. And that makes him really funny. Uh, I mean, not Unfortunately, he thinks he's funny. He doesn't think he's funny, but it's funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, I mean, sometimes he is making jokes, and I think that people will take that literally sometimes. And you're like, no, this is like, this is something that you would say to a friend jokingly, yeah. but he also happens to be the leader of the free world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he said something about the rioters where um, uh it it was definitely taken. There were already posts on Facebook. It was taken as um, encouragement. So Twitter said, well, you know what? After that, you're done for two weeks. Until you're out of office, you can't post on Twitter anymore. Representative Mo Brooks was right before Trump in the speeches. And Mo Brooks didn't do him any favor either because he was yeah. saying, let's kick some ass, essentially. Let's get him right now. Uh, he was he was riling the crowd. Uh, and then the president said what he said. And it. He may not have said, hey, let's storm the Capitol. But if you listen to the if you read the room and you look at the entire picture, you can see that he that's what he was doing for the impeachment that's happened. You don't have to have an actual law broken to impeach and remove a president. Right. You don't yeah. have to come to a true federal crime level. It can be. Yeah. You, know, you inside a riot. can happen for whatever reason the House deems. Right. We talked about that the first time that he got impeached because I think that the overall consensus on the show was that we didn't really agree with the 
consensus of impeaching him the first time. They were, we stretching, think it. It they was, were stretching it pretty darn We didn't hard think it point. was worth impeachment or removal. Right. But So we talked about that on that episode. But back to all this. After Twitter deleted him or suspended him for the two weeks, it was actually Facebook that banned him for good first. They said, no, you're done for forever, Trump. And then all of a sudden, it was a domino. Yeah, Silicon Valley. They all, all of the, uh, all of the decision makers called each other. And Even they all, TikTok. They all, yeah, everybody did it. He's probably banned off LinkedIn. I don't know. It, it, they're all. <laughs> Is he banned off of Pinterest? I, I saw even Spotify said he can't have. His yeah, there was a yeah, list of Spotify all the places that banned him, and it was Spangle banned him on Weird Libertarians. Too. Yeah, he was hoping to get a headline. Well, then I saw a fun thing. That's with, what it turns with, into with Twitter, where he then kept going to backup accounts. Like then he went to the POTUS account, shut that one down. Then he went to like his campaign account they shut that down then he went to like a campaign manager's account they shut that down he so, was truly behaving as an addict zach yeah i like that he I mean, I, he 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 was in withdrawal we are all very familiar with the behavior of an addicted of a public of a public uh what what, what am i public servant a public official who's addicted to social media we we, I felt we like know that been, well in henry we've County. been training for this yeah. yeah we are conditioned to see the signs we and know we them. knew it yeah. was very predictable. Just looking for that backup account that's tweeting just random stuff that you're just like, what is this about? Yeah, it was. I saw a thing that said, imagine him now watching the news about the impeachment. He gets mad. He picks his phone up and realizes it's useless and just throws it down. Now it's just Creed's blog where he just writes it in a word processor. That's well, all he can do. He did before Twitter um, suspended the POTUS account. He he did put on there that they were going to be big things coming very soon that he was creating his own damn Twitter. Well, he's going to have to have his own damn server for him, too, because I'm guessing AWS isn't going to play. <laughs> yeah. He's a billionaire. <laughs> That's no problem. Maybe. He's got enough room in the Trump Tower basement. Maybe he is. Make that happen. So here's the thing. Trump Trump actually, on Wednesday night, had a good apology. He read the teleprompter, and he gave a very reasonable, heartfelt, I'm sorry speech. Unfortunately, it was his third attempt at an I'm sorry speech. He took three cracks at the apple before he got it right, and it took a week and an impeachment for him to do it. The guy's yeah. never the fir- his first reaction is never the right thing, and that's what's been his failure throughout the entire the entire right. presidency. Like, look at the first debate. We all watched the first debate, and it was a mess. It was two monkeys flinging poo at each other, and one of the monkeys can barely talk. And that was the whole thing. And one of the monkeys could barely talk, and then the other monkey was just shouting over the monkey that couldn't talk. <laughs> and we were all, we, it was just, it was a moment of complete and total despair for the entire nation going, these, one of these two people is going to be president. And, but then the second debate came along, and it was like, where has this Trump been the whole time? <laughs> he was like, a, he did very well, he was a good orator. He did really. He was really, really quick on his feet, and that's and why he won in a landslide. He won Georgia in a landslide, five hundred thousand. He was he was good in the second debate, but I'm just agreeing with you, <laughs> saying that it took the very it took the first absolute abysmal failure yeah. for his team, the people that he trusts, saying, "You got to change. You need to actually listen to us." Do what we tell you to do because we know what is actually best because those are people that are professionals. They've been doing it for many years. If you want to hear the core of Donald Trump and what he is or where he's coming from, 
you can listen to the Secretary of State's conversation where he his team of folks got the Georgia Secretary of State on the con- on the phone and they were talking about I need 13,500 votes or whatever the number is. And Donald 11, Trump 11,000 whatever the number is. He said, "Brad, I just need 11,000 votes. That's all I need. Why can't you get them for me? That's all I need." He acted like he was negotiating a $15,000 uh item off of a bill and you know, they they got $300 million contract yeah. and we're only $15,000 apart. Why the hell won't you give on this Dakota? Ignoring the fact that it's the peaceful transition of power that he's negotiating away. Right. And he doesn't, he doesn't do it. That's been Donald Trump. Donald Trump has, has been that guy for the past over 50 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was, I don't, he I was don't, in CEO mode. He wasn't in presidential mode and he doesn't yeah. understand. I don't, I don't know why we, anyone would have expected it to all of a sudden change. That's who he's been. But when the rubber met the road, he still wasn't the, the, to me, the reason why the impeachment makes sense and why it's appropriate is because the absolute core piece of America is every four years, no matter what, no matter what war it is, no matter how good or bad the economy is, we take the torch and we pass it to the next guy, whether it's because your term is up or it's because that guy beat you. We peacefully transition the government over and he was keeping that from happening. First time that's ever happened where an existing sitting president has said, I'm not, I'm not doing this. And we then not only had, did he not do it, but then he incited a mob to force that in. We have had objections in the past, but once the debates set, like there have been, they've been handled there have been peacefully and congression con- Congress members that have approached the floor, made objections to uh, certain states ballot counts and, then there is the debate process that is meant to be followed. And, but the difference is, is that after that debate process happened, the conversation was finished. This time, the debate process didn't get to happen because you had a president that told people that he was going to lead them to storm the Capitol building. He gaslit them for three months, yeah. getting ready. Yeah, since, since it happened, he's been claiming victory. And then, and then he charged them up and sent them in. Um, it's it's surreal, and it have it's not an extreme position to say that it was treasonous. Like it, it was, it was sedition. It was you were interfering with the the very basic tenets of America. And I've had so many people that have been angry at me this week for saying that. I've had more hate mail, more hateful comments, more more pushback than I ever get on this show uh, in the last seven days. And it, it, I shake my head because there's just a group. Of uh, of angry old boomers that are just just oh, can't yeah. take it anymore. And they're it, they're pissed. You know, I'm, I and I, I don't know why. I, I, I mentioned I, it last week. So if, if they're then then what next? Like what's left for America if they were successful? Like because you just you just rendered an election moot. You just took everybody's votes. Even he right. just and, and that that's what that was what Ben Shapiro said on his episode the day after or on January seventh. He said. Listen, like, how would you have felt if in 2000, if in January of 2017, uh, Joe Biden stood in front of the Senate and said, Donald Trump is not president. Hillary Clinton is president because I don't, I don't agree with these elections. This this is, this is BS. That, that is what they were counting on happening. Now you can make the argument and it can be sound. 
that there should that there can be an audit for of the election system because we all know that there's fraud. There's been fraud for decades. Whether it's enough to sway a presidential election, we don't know. It's just the fact that, like what Jesse Riddle said last week, there's human involved. There's going to be mistakes. So you can say we need to have an investigation and then meet with governors and say, how can we fix these mistakes that are happening in your states? That's all appropriate argument. The states make the decision, right? So we don't have a federal government that's top down. We don't get to say from the federal level, we don't like what you did. Start over. I don't know why we focus so damn much on Georgia because he would have needed about four to five states to actually make the math work. Mm-hmm. But the conversation keeps going back to his his damn near bribery the, in Georgia or his abuse of Georgia. Georgia was the most shocking, right? Well, they, so they they were playing replaying videos in the special election in Georgia of these ballots that they said were stolen, and they selectively just took a. Uh, it looked like there were suitcases, quote unquote, yeah. suitcases of ballots that they were unsealing. But then the Secretary of State in Georgia at this voting location, they said, look, we said, look, here's the whole hour tape. It's, hey, we're going to stop counting for the night. So you can see them double padlocking this box, putting it under a table. And then when they get ordered back in because we're going to keep counting, then they pull the box back out and pull the ballots back out to start counting them again. So they've been secure. It's entirely on video. But Giuliani and the Trump team said, no, it's nefarious. Yeah. Look, they just found these ballots. I saw part of his press conference. He was methodical. And, and point by point saying, this is what's being claimed. Here's how it's not true. Right. And this is exactly when this is what we've done to, to keep that from being the case. And he even went to mentioned other states and was like, this is impossible in that state. Like he, he wants to, he's complaining about anomalies. He wants to create anomalies. Cause he said in this County, they threw out like 70,000 of my votes. He's like, but if you add those 70,000 on there, then that County now is at 140% voter participation. He's like, that's an anomaly, but it's not where it is now. So yeah, it was just yeah, it was so bizarre. Just and all the people that seriously believed, like, well, no, it's all been taken. There, there have been reports this week that the uh, that I guess Jared Kushner finally is the one that forced the president to read the Wednesday night speech oh, yeah. that said, "Hey, I'm sorry, and I mean it." Uh, and then since then, they've not been allowing Giuliani to call him. <laughs> he's he's basically been banned from speaking to uh, to Rudy Giuliani. Rudy's not getting paid either. He's mm. tr- that's a well, and that's a common thing for Trump, but he's trying not to pay him. So, so we had an impeachment yesterday. Ten Republicans voted for it. It's the most members of the opposite party to ever vote in an impeachment in the country's history. There have been four now. I've lived through three of them, Dakota. I've lived through three impeachments. The- I think you have as well, actually. Congratulations, fist yeah. bump. You've lived through three of the four impeachments in the history of the world. I'm, yes, I have. You have, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was like ninety-eight, ninety-nine. That was a big yeah. uh, trivia question in my youth was like, who are the two presidents that have been impeached? And like, cause people and, were so Andrew Johnson and yeah. And Bill Clinton and Bill Clinton and Bill Clinton was such like a foggy thing that you just didn't people it, like, it was, I think it was so unheard of. See, and Trump's first impeachment would have been that way. You never would have remembered yeah, it. Was it. Kind of a, you, in 20 years, you'd yeah. be like, wait, wasn't Donald Trump impeached? Like, yeah. Nancy Pelosi has presided over two of the four impeachments in the history of this country. God. <laughs> she wore the same. She's outfit. got half of them. She wore the same outfit to both of them too. She only got the one really, haircut there during petty. the pandemic. Uh, that's the only one she's had since it started to. Um, so she's petty and a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some interesting people that did vote. Yes. I, I noted uh, of the four uh, Fred Upton of Michigan voted, uh, voted yes. You'll know Fred Upton from uh, her, his, uh, his niece, Kate Upton, the uh, supermodel. 
hmm. uh, who also is married to a Justin. profession versus Justin Verlander. Uh, and there were some, uh, some photographs of the two of them that are on the internet. If you, uh, if you need to, if you need to check on them, um, <laughs> uh, Liz Cheney, the, uh, the daughter of the former vice president, Dick Cheney, uh, she voted for the impeachment. She's the uh, number three Republican in the, uh, in the house. Uh, Anthony, well, that's not really, this, I mean, Dick Cheney is like the swampiest of the swamp. <laughs> I'm saying, well, I, it's, uh, this is his daughter. Uh, she's, she's her own person. She's the representative from Wyoming. But she's the number three Republican in the House of Representatives. That's that's a significant yes, position. Yeah, it's not just some. Uh, it's not just some random, random. backbencher. Uh, but speaking of random backbenchers, Indiana's own. Uh, he's actually an Ohio congressman now, but Indianapolis Colts wide receiver Anthony Gonzalez, Ohio State University. He got elected to Congress two uh, three terms ago. Uh, he voted for the impeachment. And then uh, there's a guy named Meyer. You're familiar with the Meyer supermarkets, uh, Meyer superstores. Uh-huh. Yep, yep, yep. Freshman congressman Meyer. Replaced Justin Amash. He voted for it too. Huh. So interesting. He's uh, he's all in, and he's uh, he's younger than us, Zach. He's like thirty three. He's got the, he's got Meyer grocery store money. Yeah, yeah. He did okay. Thomas yeah. Massey did not. Thomas Massey voted for it, and I. That's something I actually I talked with Nick Sarwark a little bit. I just ripped Dakota's uh, ears right out of his head. I talked to former LP Chairman Sarwark about uh, Massey and kind of asking him this week why. Why has Massey's got such a hard on against against liberty? Why is he so strong over there? He's like he's fully sold out for Trump. I'm like that's nuts. That's I don't nuts. think he's because he he did he said his reasoning was that if we want to heal the divide in our country, then let Trump ride out his last week. Massey and, got and just don't mess with it. Massey got primaried by the guy whose logo was Trump's hair. Yeah, like it literally like I, I don't you can't get any more yeah, targeted yeah. by Trump than the guy that he handpicked and ran against you and used Trump's hair as his damn logo. Uh, I see what he was saying, though. If if you truly like if you want healing in the country, we should just between these two sides, we should just heal be, even before then just ignore him. even before we put the glass back in. We've dealt you with can, it. We've, you we've, can either say we, five people died. Yeah, I know. I'm not I'm just saying I. <laughs> I see the argument. So far, I'm not saying that I necessarily yeah, so agree with it. Here's here's my thing. We're all about inoculations right now, right? That's that's what we're. Vaccines are the thing. We, by the way, if you're 70 and below or 70 and above, you can get in line uh, for your vaccine uh, on the uh, Indiana website right now. Uh, quarter million people signed up in the last day uh, for for vaccines in the state of Indiana. But we're all about inoculations. The best thing Congress can do right now is to inoculate us against Donald Trump running again in four years. Exactly. And that's what voting for the impeachment will do is it takes it off the table and we can move on. If you want to heal, then cut out the damn cancer and move on. Because I even heard that they might not even do they don't have to do the trial before he's out of office. They can do it after. Like some part of it can happen after the inauguration. The, the impeachment is yeah. complete. Now, the actual trial yeah, the theoretically trial. can happen and has happened in the past. There's a. um. There's a precedent in a cabinet member that has been impeached and removed after he was already out of office. And there's two steps to an impeachment removal. You can remove somebody from office, but you can also say, hey, they can never serve again. They can never benefit from the office. So you can say you don't get any of your status as a former president. You don't get your pension. You don't get any of that. And you can be disqualified from future office. I don't give a damn if he makes money or not. I just wanted to, I want to take it off the table yeah. that he can hold it over people for four years that he's going to try to come back. Yeah, the disqualification would be the nicest thing. It's just to say, okay, we're this era is done. We can now we can move on. I I made a prediction 
weeks ago, maybe a couple months, I don't know, that Trump would run, run again in 2024. And I can't remember if I said he was going to win or not. The Republican nomination. I think I said, I think that I thought he was going to win the Republican nomination in 24. I definitely do not think that that is the case. I don't think he would have won the nomination again, but I think, and I said it last week, I think, I think it's down from him having 45% of the country or 40% of the country to 15. I think he marginalized a group massively. And what's going to happen or what can happen is if you get him out of the picture, that 15% is still going to be there, but they're going to splinter, they're going to fragment, and they're going to be a mess. They're not going to be able to coalesce around anybody, and they're going to fizzle I, out I and think fail. it's more than 15%. I think it's the old white I boomers, we're man. talking like, it's no, 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 no. It's hard to tell. We have a lot of people group. our age that are. I mean, I mean, our good friend Brad Brewer, mm-hmm. he's still riding the Trump train. Uh, it's not just old white people. It's the majority of it. Plus, I mean, um, Brad's over 30. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I just, I think that it's more people than what you think if you think it's only 15%. There's times I've been surprised at people like in my Facebook feed who don't post a lot about politics, but they'll post every once in a while. I'm like, huh, and they're my age. And they're pretty big pro-Trump people. Trump, I think that one of the big things that hurt him was before the election even happened, he was saying that they're trying to steal this from me. Yeah, he started. He kept saying, like in, in October, September, they're trying to steal this from me. They're trying to steal my presidency away from you, the voter, America. And I think that that kept a lot of his people home. He said the only way he could lose was if he, they cheated. Why would you? Right yeah. It, why, why vote for him? If they're going to cheat and steal anyway, I, th- I think that's what the right that I mean, that's kind of what he's saying. I'm not sure if it was the secretary of state, but that was what somebody in Georgia said. They said he lost it here because he told him he wouldn't, let, he told him, don't you know, that the mail in votes aren't you can't trust them. Mm-hmm. He said, and then he, they stayed home. He's like, he should have won here, but he all right. The, so the then you have a lot of people, people just stay who home. are in Jeremiah's idea of his base that are just old people who. They're not going to mail in their vote because they they don't trust it at all. But I mean, they also have worries about coronavirus, yeah. so they're not going to get out. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I just I'm not I'm not a hundred percent convinced that Trump didn't shoot himself in the foot, and that that if he hadn't done all this, then he still would have lost. I just don't I don't know if that's really happened. There's a uh, there's a survey from Ipsos uh, that was conducted January 8th through January 12th of the current year. Uh, it shows that Trump's approval rating in their survey is 34%, disapproval 61%. Uh, there's a Rasmussen that uh, that is given a C plus grade. It's a on the 538 website is much less uh, trustworthy according to these guys. A sample of 30 uh, of, uh, 1,500 people, and they're showing the best-case scenario for him is a 46% approval, 53% disapproval. Uh, he's You can say he's lost the country for sure. Oh, yeah. For sure. 35% still shocking after last week. Yeah. Amongst and Republicans, yeah. Uh, according to Morning Cons- Consult, uh, this is – I don't know the date on this is difficult. January 7th is showing 78% of Republicans still supporting, uh, and nationally among all voters, it was down to 39%. Um, yeah, it's, it's low. It's historically low. And I truly think that if you were given a field, this is my, my 
I think if you're given a field of Republicans that are actually running for president yeah, they would. in 2024, they're going to scatter. They're going to go somewhere else. And I think the Trump number is in the 10, 12, 15% range at most. They're going to have other options. They're going to have better options. I hope so. Yeah. But give the country the gift and vote no on the impeachment. Todd Young, Mike Braun, come on. Please. Just be done with it. One of them maybe. I don't know about the other one. Yeah, I think I think Todd Young is much more uh, likely to to vote. So that's the that's the other side of it. If you're looking at the if you're looking at the plausibility, uh you have to have 66 67 senators vote uh, vote to remove. Assuming you have 50 Democrats uh at the time they have the trial, then you need to get yourself to about 17. Mitt Romney voted for the the uh, removal last time, they actually to 51. Mitch McConnell, the uh, the leader of the Republicans has already kind of He's all but it. whispered that he was in, in favor. You look at uh, Lisa Murkowski, uh, Susan Collins. Those two have been some of the most independent. Uh, I think the establishment you, GOP you members. You start to get where you need like 10 or 12 votes. And if McConnell is going that way, he gets to bring some they, people. I think, they're, get that I think that they're mad at Trump because of the pretty much irreparable damage that they've done to the reputation of the party. He has burnt it to the ground. Yeah. Unless you're a... Unless, unless you're in Henry County, Indiana, unless you're good a luck line, running and winning with an R by your name. If, yeah. Unless you're a hardline Republican, then your view of the GOP has gone down the toilet. Even if you're a hardcore Trump supporter. So if you are, are a hardcore Trump supporter within the GOP, then your view of the establishment GOP has also gone down the toilet. Money matters to these guys a lot. Fundraising matters a tremendous amount to them keeping their jobs. Eli Lilly has said we're stopping anybody that supported this this essential coup last week. They're going to stop their their yeah. PAC's going to stop giving money. Walmart says they're going to discontinue their money. All the money spigot is getting cut off, and these guys want their money. So I think I think they're going to be pressured enough to say, you know what, we're done. It's over. We've got to make yep. a clean break for their own survival and their self preservation. Mitch McConnell tied himself to this president because he wanted to remake the judiciary. He wanted those Supreme Court justices because right. that's a part of McConnell's legacy. Trump can no longer help him. He has no interest in continuing that, on. That was something that Dr. Carl Hart said was like, Mitch McConnell has got what he wanted from Trump, and he is done. That's It doesn't matter. said this now. week, I don't think we're ever going to talk again. Yeah. His wife quit the cabinet. McConnell's wife was in charge of, of infrastructure in the country. Elaine Chow is married to uh, Mitch McConnell. She quit. Uh, Jeremiah, I'm getting hungry. Yeah. All right. Well, it's probably about Patreon time. So we need to do final thoughts. And then uh, if you want to see what's about ready to go down, patreon.com slash boss hog of liberty. There's a, there's a pizza King box. It's going to take me about five minutes to get the live stream loaded on the Patreon side. So you got five minutes to get, uh, send Zach over to the other spot for a second to, uh, to sign up on patreon.com slash boss hog liberty at any level, $5 a month. You'll get access to this, but, uh, there's a interesting pizza at one of the pizza Kings in Newcastle, Indiana. Uh, pickle pizza with ranch dressing as the sauce. We're going to try it. Oh, it sounds incredibly Hoosier. We're going to talk about it. It sounds incredibly Hoosier. I forgot to bring my sriracha sauce, my cock sauce. Uh, so that's disappointing. But I think that it's going to be good. I have high hopes. It looks delicious. I will text uh, Mrs. Sarah Morrill and tell her to come over now and bring sriracha. We'll see if it happens. I've sent the command. I like that. We'll see if it happens. Thank you all so much. Uh, No final thoughts this week. You've heard enough from us. We'll see you next Thursday night.
Thank you for listening to the Boss Hog of Liberty, which is part of the We Are Libertarians network. I am Chris Spangle, and I am the founder of this network, and I invite you to listen to all of our shows, which you can find at wearelibertarians.com or by searching for these in your podcatcher. The flagship show is the We Are Libertarians podcast, where we apply libertarian principles to current events. The Brian Nichols Show is a conversation amongst Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, as they talk about what is happening in the news. And we have many other podcasts like The Chris Spangle Show, Upward, The Cost, Raw Audio Politics, Miranda's World, and Tad Talk, which is quite a ride. So check all of these out. Go to WeAreLibertarians.com and you can check out all of our great podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at WeAreLibertarians.com. <laughs>